Welcome to this podcast from Central, Jesus at the Heart. More information is available from www.jesusattheheart.org. Let's open our Bibles to uh, God's Word and to Luke's Gospel and chapter 11. If you are not familiar uh, with your Bible, then you turn all the way to the right and start flipping left, and uh, you'll get to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and uh, the Gospels just mean good news, and uh, Luke is telling the good news about Jesus from his and his friends' perspectives. So he's taking a look at the life of Jesus, and he's saying, this is what Jesus did, and this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. And over the next uh, few weeks, we're going to study in this thing that we call prayer, uh, which is an enigmatic thing, and uh, I guess when most people say uh, we're going to talk about prayer, I, I guess some of you think, oh, that's going to be really boring, you know, because prayer meetings very often in churches have been boring, and, uh, or you think it's going to be kind of real mystical and, and weird stuff, um, but we want to just talk about a relationship with God and what it means to communicate with God, to listen to his heart, and to do the things that God is asking us to do, and to recognize that God has given us this incredible opportunity to talk to him, and to listen to him, and to receive from him, and to walk in his ways. New Year's resolutions suck. I mean, maybe it works for you. Only 8% of people who make New Year's resolutions follow through, according to the statistics, Um, And I have had the same New Year's resolutions for about the last 25 years, and I make them every year because I love new starts and new beginnings, and I have this incredible faith in me. So six-pack summer is going to happen every year. (laughs) Keg summer happens most years. You know, there's there's a guitar that's going to get played, there's stuff that's going to get learned, there's things that are going to happen, there's a marathon that's going to get run, there's all this stuff that that I'm going to do. I've got a better question for you. What do you want to see happen in 2015 in your life? What do you want to see happen in 2015 in your life? Just stop, just stop for a moment, forget about you know, the diet that you're going to do and the smoking that you're going to quit and all that stuff, I'm sure it's noble, and the food that you're not going to eat and the running that you're going to do and all that kind of stuff because that's important stuff. But, but in 2015, what do you want to see happen in your life? Just take a moment and think about that question. And here's what I want to assert. I want to assert that God has a New Year's resolution for you. I want to assert that God has a New Year's resolution for your life. And it goes something like this. I want to get to know you. And I want you to get to know me. And I want the knowing of me to become the filter and the lens through which you make every decision, take every step, build every relationship 
in 2015. I want to get to know you, and I want you to know me. I mean, I've, I've lived long enough now to be able to use the phrase, I've lived long enough now. <laughs> I never thought I'd ever say that. I've lived long enough now. I've lived long enough now to know that although I do want stuff, you know, there's stuff I still want. And if I was really honest, there's some nice things I'd quite like to have in 2015. There's some good relationships I'd like to build in 2015. Some places I want to go in 2015. But, but I've lived long enough to know that what I really want is love and purpose and wisdom and justice and peace and hope and joy and satisfaction and I, and I know that they come from no other place than the source of wisdom, love, purpose, life, satisfaction, joy, and hope. They only come from Jesus. They only come from God. And so God says, I have a New Year's resolution for you. I want to get to know you. And, and uh, I'd like you to know me. And you say, Carl, come on. That's why we come to church. We sing songs. We listen to sermons. We stand up. We sit down. We pray prayers. But you know if you've hung around long enough in church, the same thing that I know is that you can say you follow Jesus and never really know God. Can't you? I mean, you read your Bible. You can pray prayers. You can sing songs and not really know God. That's why Jesus writes to the church in Ephesus and says to the church in Ephesus, which was the biggest church of its time, you're busy, you're good, and you're sound. You're a great church, but you have left your first love. Sort it out. That's why he writes to the church in Laodicea. And he says to the church, to the Christians, to the guys who should know better, he says, behold, I stand at the door. And I knock. And you say, hang on. These are the Christians. Why are you outside, Jesus? Why are you knocking? And if you open the door, I'll come in and eat with you and you with me. You can say you follow Jesus and never really know God. And God says, I have a New Year's resolution for you. How about we get to know each other? You know as much of God as you want to. Because he's never holding back. He's a God of revelation. He's never holding back. You can have as much of God as you want to. Because he's a generous, giving, loving God. And God says, I have a New Year's resolution for you. And it all starts with this thing called prayer. It all starts there. And please, he says, please don't make prayer what you've made prayer. Please don't make prayer a, a, a prayer meeting where you all sit around looking as if you're bulldogs chewing wasps and, 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 and you assume the shampoo position and then you pray a list of stuff in, in, in religious language that makes everyone bored and sends everyone to sleep. No, 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 that's not, that's not prayer. Prayer is an intimate relationship with a creator God who loves you dearly, has all the resources of heaven and has a better plan for your life than you have and invites you to participate in his purposes. That's what prayer is. 
Prayer is the most exciting thing in the world, and the enemy has a strategy, and the enemy's strategy is to rob you of intimacy with a heavenly father, so he'll do everything he can to make prayer boring and irrelevant and unhelpful for you because he knows that's the key to this relationship. And so the disciples come. Let's take a look. I knew we'd get to the passage of Scripture. Let's look at Luke's Gospel in chapter 11. Jesus has just been explaining to his disciples this incredible thing that you can run around. He's been at the house of Mary and Martha. You can run around doing a whole bunch of things for God and miss out on God. You can be Martha, you can be preparing the dinner, you can be cleaning the dishes, you can be serving the Sunday club, you can be uh, preaching the sermons, you can be banging on doors, you can be standing on street corners and miss the main thing. But Mary chooses that which is better. Hang out with the Savior of the world. And the disciples get all excited by this and one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples to pray. And they get it right. The disciples get it right. They very rarely get it right. I mean, check out, <laughs> check out the New Testament. Again and again, the disciples get it totally wrong, but here they get it totally right. If, if I was a disciple, I'd probably get it wrong. You might do as well. If you had one chance to ask the Savior of the world to teach you something what would you ask? I mean, I think I would ask for miracles. Jesus, teach me to raise someone from the dead. That would be very cool. People would notice. You know? Well, Jesus, just help me to do some healing or, or help me to preach with real authority so people listen, just like you teach with authority. And the disciples, no, 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 no. This is the thing. I want you to teach us to pray. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Isn't it a weird thing that even in this kind of post-Christendom post-everything, post-God nation, almost everybody at some stage in their life prays. Isn't that weird? You know, the, 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 the high achievers who run out of rungs to climb pray. God! The, the low achievers who run out of hope pray. God, help me! The elderly who run out of time pray. God, if you're there, show up. The young who run out of alternatives. God, there must be more to life than this. They pray. And even the Christians pray. I mean, Christians do pray. They pray sometimes as if prayer is the thing that helps us do the thing. Do you know what I mean? We pray as if prayer is the thing that's going to help us do the thing. And, and God says, no, 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 no. My resolution for you is that you get to know me and I get to know you and we build a relationship. It's not the thing that gets you to the thing. <laughs> it's not the, 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 the power that gets you to do the thing that you want to do. Your purpose in life is to know God. 
and to walk with him according to his purposes. So let's learn how to pray. Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father. Jesus says, guys, if you're going to learn to pray, I need, you to give, I need to give you an insight into what's really going on here. There is a God in heaven that you get to call dad. This is, this is a, just stop for a second. There is a God in heaven that you get to call dad. I mean, forget for a moment how many followers you have on Twitter or friends you have on Facebook or stalkers you have on Instagram, whatever, whatever the whole thing is. Forget, forget all that for a second. You have direct dial access 24-7 to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, who is your dad. Hashtag, how cool is that? Why would you not take advantage of that? Jesus said, when you pray, I mean, almost forget the rest. When you pray, you pray, Father, this God who created all things by the power of his breath, who holds the whole of this world in his palm, the palm of his hand and keeps it going and sustains it, who created you with purpose in his image, who parted the sea, who provided incredible things throughout history, this God, whose name is El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty, whose name is El Elyon, God Most High, whose name is Jehovah Sabaoth, Lord of the angel armies, who does not change, he's immutable, who can be everywhere, he's omnipresent, who is all-powerful, he's omnipotent, who never changes, he's immutable. He, he, he is incredible, is your papa, your daddy, your dad. That's so cool. In, in 2015, there is nothing coming down the road at you that compares to that. There's just nothing. There's nothing coming down the road to you, towards you that compares to that, that you have a dad who has your back, who can do all things, who loves you perfectly, who will always care for you, who can provide anything that you need and is always working good for his kids. That's what the scriptures say. And you say, Carl, I don't feel like good right now. Well, that's because it's not done yet. Because the dad is always working good stuff. Jesus says, when you pray, pray to a heavenly father who's your dad. Oh, he's got all the power and he's got all the wisdom and he's got all the authority and he can do anything. And right now he is conscious, active head over all things. It may look like the world is in chaos, but Jesus is still on the throne. That's what the scriptures say. And he's your dad. So why wouldn't you, if this is possible, turn the TV off just an hour earlier and download your day to him? And really, 
But why, why, why wouldn't you, if this is true, get up just half hour early in the morning? I mean, I know the duvet's warm and it's cold out there and it's dark. But why wouldn't you get up half hour earlier and just prioritize him at the start of your day? Why, why wouldn't you pray as you walk and as you talk with your eyes open because he's not limited to those close your eye, crinkle up your face times when you're getting, you know, he's, he's, he's here, he's there, he, he knows. You have a dad who's in heaven. And then Jesus says, and what happens when you begin to understand that you have a dad who perfectly loves you and completely understands you and has a better plan for your life than the plan that you currently have for your life. When you begin to understand that, then you get to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because then when you understand that you're a child of the Father, you can get about the Father's business. And the Father's business is the restoration of all things. The Father's business is what is true in heaven becomes true on earth. The Father's business is the kingdom, the kingship of Jesus, his authority, his perfect reign and rule becomes possible not just one day, but right now. That's a bit weird. When you begin to understand some of the prophetic writings in the scripture, you begin to understand how absolutely incredible that is. That one day there is going to be a society where there is no more pain and no more sorrow and no more death and no more dying. There's going to be a society where there is no more abuse, where there is no more addiction, where there is no more separation, where there is no more divorce, but he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. There is going to be a society where there are no more homeless people, where there's no more poverty, where there is no more hunger, and no more starvation, because everything that is incompatible with the perfect will of Jesus is banished from this kingdom. There's going to be a society when there is no more racism and no more sexism, when no one will be judged on the, on, on the color of their skin, or the, or the size of their dress, or the way in which they look, because he will be the judge. And Jesus says, you have the opportunity because you're your father's kids, to pray the kingdom of God now. And yes, it will be opposed, but the kingdom of God now and become the answer to some of your prayers. To posture yourself in such a way that you say, God, I'm not just abdicating responsibility for the prayers that I pray, but I'm indicating availability for every prayer that I pray. So if you, if you want to send me, I'll go. If you want to use me, I'll be used. If you want to call me, I'm up for it. Because primarily, I'm a son or a daughter of the king. And here's the thing. If you get there is a dad in heaven who loves you, and you get that you get to participate in his purposes for this world, it will change your perspective about everything else you do and think in 2015. It just will. And Jesus says, if, if you get that, you know that you have the opportunity to pray, give me this day my daily bread. 
You have the opportunity to pray, keep me from temptation. You have the opportunity to pray, forgive me my sin as I forgive others because you begin to think and act on a different plane because you're children of the Father and you have an opportunity that nobody else has. So you say, God, I have decided that I'm going to build in a different way and I'm going to live a different economy. I'm not going to seek my kingdom and my righteousness. I'm going to seek your kingdom and your righteousness, and I'm going to trust that you got my back. I'm going to invest in your kingdom, and I'm going to trust that you're going to invest in my kingdom. So give me this day my daily bread, because I am completely dependent on you for absolutely everything. I'm not stacking some stuff at the back here so that one day if it gets raining and you don't show up, then I'm going to be okay. No, no, no. I've, I've, I've got it, because I know you've got it, because you're my dad. Would you give me this day my daily bread? And I, I, Father, I, I, I want to participate in the way in which you do life. I want to live in grace. So would you, I trust that you can forgive me perfectly for everything I've ever done. I trust that I, my sin and my shame and my running away and my sticking two fingers up at you have been completely forgiven because the blood of Jesus goes on cleansing from all unrighteousness. And I trust that's true. And I'm buying into the grace economy. So I'm going to forgive everybody who's ever hurt me. And they don't deserve it. But then neither did I. And they're going to go free. And I'm going to be free too. Because I'm going to live in a different way. Because I have a heavenly father. And I get to play in his kingdom. And I'm going to trust that my dad is bigger than the boogeyman. I'm going to trust that my dad is bigger than the boss man and the tax man and any other man or woman who scares me. And I'm going to trust that God is bigger than the enemy and that I have nothing to fear because he is on my side and he has my back. And I'm going to trust that he can keep me from temptation. Do you know, the, the enemy has one very particular tactic. What he wants to do above anything else is to keep you from intimacy with the Heavenly Father because he knows if you've got intimacy with the Heavenly Father, if you get this stuff, it'll change everything and you become one dangerous dude in this world. And he hates that. So what he wants to do, he's, he's never going to come front and center and say, do you know, let, let's do something really devious that you know is devious. That let's do something that's really dodgy that you know is dodgy. What he's going to do is try and distract you from living an intimate life in 2015. So he's going to say, why don't we play FIFA 15 all night? Because then you'll be absolutely shattered. You won't be able to get up in the morning. You won't be able to pray. You'll start your day wrong. You'll get ratted with people. You know, he's not against, God is not against FIFA 15. In fact, he says, why don't you invite me to play as well? We can talk about this. But he's against FIFA 15. If FIFA 15 sucks the, the flipping life out of you, because what you're doing every night is playing on your stupid computer game, and you're not building community, and you're not spending time with him and you're tired so you can't start the day right with him. What the enemy wants to do is he wants to say there's this really, really cool box set of suits. <laughs> and actually, what you could do if you really work at it is you could watch the whole lot in three days. <laughs> Just get a duvet and some takeaway pizza and we're good to go. 
And before you know it, it's not sin because God loves suits. <laughs> Particularly Harvey's back there. But, but, if I can distract you, the enemy says, I can keep you from pursuing the purposes of God. If I can keep you from intimacy, then I win. But our God is bigger than the boogeyman. Our Father is more powerful, more loving, and he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Knowing that you have a dad will change everything. Will change everything. And then Jesus tells his story. He says there's, um, there's a guy who knocks on the door of his friend at midnight because he's hungry and he's got a guest arrived and he has no bread in his house. And, and, and the guy is a friend, but the reality is that there's no way in which the guy is getting up. Because it's not like getting up today when you get out of your bed, you slip on your dressing gown, you turn on your electric light, go to the front door and say, here's the bread, off you go. In, back in the day, there were no lights. You had to find a lamp. You had to open up the whole house. You disturb all your kids who were probably in the same bed as you. The animals were everywhere around the house. You disturbed them as well. Suddenly, the whole neighborhood would be awoken. It was a complete pain in the backside, so you'd never answer the door. And Jesus says, this guy is not going to get up because he's his friend. But because he keeps on knocking. That really hurts, by the way. Because he keeps on knocking, because he's persistent, he's going to get up. And then Jesus says, ask, and he'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Because he who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And the one that knocks gets the door opened. You have a heavenly father who knows how to give good things to his kids. So here's the question. What do you want for your life in 2015? You want healed? You want forgiven? You want called? You want sent? You want to run with the dream that God placed in your heart years ago? You want to see some people that you know and love saved come to know Christ? You want to employ a whole bunch of people so that they can get out of benefit, begin to become the people that God called them to be? You've got a dream for a business? You, got a, you want to plant a church? What do you want to see happen in 2015? Because you have a Father in heaven who is good and he has a purpose for your life which is incredible <laughs> and he's giving he's giving Jesus has a new year's resolution for you it goes like this I'd like to know you and I'd like you to know we pray let me just take a moment in the quietness
maybe just one or two here who are saying, do you know what? I don't, I don't think I've ever really known God in a meaningful way. Do you know, Christians, Christians talk a lot, a lot about a relationship with Jesus, and it's a weird thing to talk about a relationship with Jesus because we have relationships with a whole bunch of different things in this world, don't we? A relationship with food and a relationship with Arsenal Football Club and a relationship with my wife and a relationship with Jesus, and they're not all the same thing. But we talk about them as if they are the same thing. A relationship with Jesus is everything. He made you. He died for you. He heals you and forgives you and walks with you and talks to you. He's the best friend you could ever have and he's the Lord of the universe. And for the believer, your life is indivisibly connected to the savior of the world. Maybe just in the quietness you want to say to God, I want to know you. I want to know you. I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to know you. Maybe for the first time I want to know you. Maybe there's another ask that you have of God for 2015. I even have been afraid to ask before. This is what I want. Dad. Ask him. Ask big. Ask persistently. Ask audaciously. Ask him. Maybe for some of us this year, God's asking us to make some active decisions about, maybe I'm going to go to bed slightly earlier. Maybe I'm going to get up slightly earlier. Maybe I'm going to walk through this world with my eyes open and invite you into everything I do. Make my life a prayer. Just spend time with him. The band are going to come and can lead us in worship. You know, the start of the year, there's no better time, really there's no better time than to recommit yourself to knowing God. So we're going to spend some time just worshiping. And if you'd, if there's, um, if as I've been speaking, you, you've known the nudge of another voice, that's the voice of God. We have this audacious belief that God speaks when the word of God is opened up. And there's definitely a sense in which it doesn't really matter whether the preacher was good or bad. God's going to speak when his word is opened. So if God's been speaking to you, if God's been nudging you and provoking you, here is an opportunity just to do some business with the creator of the universe.
dad. And just to respond to him and say, I'm in. I want to know you. I want to serve you. I want to pursue you with everything I've got. When I sing, Jesus, there is none like you, it's not just a momentary thing. I want this to be a, this is my mantra for 2.15. Jesus, there is none like you. No one else can satisfy. So if that's, that's you and you'd love someone just to pray with you around that, then our prayer team will be all the way down the side as we stand and worship. Just go and join them. They're not going to counsel you or ask you what your issues are. We've all got issues. They're just going to say, Holy Spirit, would you come and just bless? Would you heal? Would you encourage? Would you transform? Would you bless? Would you bring courage into this person's heart and life? Would you do your thing?